I don't think there's been a single political event thus far in my life in this country. I don't think there's been a single event that has changed my political views as much as this one. Not mass shootings, not the BLM movement, not Trump. Mr. President, you are the commander in chief of one of the most powerful militaries on the face of this planet, in the history of the world. How can you be so powerful and so weak as to say that you are incapable of negotiating peace? How embarrassing for you. Hello, this is George, and you're listening to Culturally Speaking. And today I want to talk about Palestine, the story that likely has shifted our whole generation. The biggest shock that this story brought to me was not necessarily the amount of pain that a people can be put through or the amount of death that the world can live with. The amount of trauma that we can inflict to a people and still go about our daily lives. That's that's not what what's, what's surprising for me. It wasn't surprising for me because I've constantly lived in a space where I'm aware that death is happening in parts of the world where people who look closer to me live. By that, I mean people who are more likely to be black or brown or more likely to be non-white. I am surprised. What I'm surprised by is the fact that for once in a long time, that death has been forced to the forefront of our, of our media ecosystem. It was pushed to the forefront of our media ecosystem because the horrific death and trauma that's happening to Palestinians started with the death and trauma of white people. That's why we know about it. That death started with the pain. The reason why we're aware of this is because it started with the pain of Israelis who look white. Who to me are white. That's the reason why we're even aware of the death and destruction happening in Gaza. We are now aware that this is happening because we've been the media introduced us to the storyline with the death of people who the media usually cares about. But now, because they've introduced that that storyline, we also got to learn about the history that happened there and the death that happened before and the death that is happening now and the death that is likely to continue happening. Now we're at that point. Now I am pretty sure that almost everyone is aware of this death and destruction. I'm pretty sure that some everyone I know in some way, shape or form has received information about tragic events that are happening, the tens of thousands of people that are being killed and the trauma that has been inflicted, inflicted on the society and the kids that are dying and, and this, the, the horrible conditions in which these people are living. Now I know that people are aware. And so the shock comes from me 
in the fact that there are some people who know and still don't give a shit. That's the shock for me. There are people who know and still are willing to talk about anything else. That is the shock. Because maybe in my deep level of naivete, I always somewhere believe that if people were just exposed to the information, if you were exposed to it in a in the way that you could feel the trauma of those people, that you will react differently than you react now. You will care more. You would say more. You wouldn't be able to go about your day normally because it would keep popping up in your mind every 10 seconds. I somehow always believe that every person who I consider to be decent, who I considered, past tense, to be decent, would, would care if they were faced with the true information, with the hard facts. But now I know that that's not true. Now I know that there are people who I admire, there are people who I love, there are people who I consider to be decent, who can see the hard facts, who can see the truth, who can see the death of people and not care. And my only explanation for that, you've been so well hardwired to believe that, that the pain of those people who are non-white is somehow different from the pain of white people. What I'm trying to say here is at the core of this, what shocked me is how hardwired your racism is. That's what shocked me. Because this is what you said when the people who were killed looked like you. This is how you feel when the people who die are white. These are not refugees from Syria. These are refugees from uh, neighboring Ukraine. I mean, that, quite frankly, is part of it. These are um, Christians, they're white. It's really emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed, children being killed every day with Putin's missile. Now the unthinkable has happened to them. And this is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. Compelling is just looking at them, the way they're dressed. These are prosperous, I'm looking to use the expression, these are prosperous middle class people. These are not obviously refugees trying to get away from areas in the Middle East that are still in a big state of war. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. Isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. And here, the so-called, the so-called mainstream media, and I'm not even talking about Fox News, because, you know, they always be out there. The non-Fox News media stations, media channels, who claim to be the righteous ones all the time, they've not been able to find a fucking way to empathize with the loss of human life, with the bloodshed, with a brutal destruction of people's communities. 
they haven't. You have to be. You have to be a monster not to be able to empathize. Because I cannot. And I, I don't know if because I'm an empath. Or if I'm just overly sensitive all the time. I really just cannot imagine me being. Having a platform. Being a journalist. Being whatever. And feeling a certain type of way about the loss of human life and someone telling me you can't talk about it and me just going in and not talking about it I would have to lose my job I just would especially for these people with extreme levels of privilege I would just have to do it just have to lose my job because I would just have to say what I'm seeing but they're so comfortable just completely ignoring it to talk about the most vile, venial, useless shit. Talking about Donald Trump every fucking day like we care. We don't. We really don't. There's no one. No one is changing your opinion about Donald Trump today or tomorrow. That's not going to happen. So that's not news. So none of this is news. The only thing that is really the biggest news every day, which is the death of people by thousands brutally killed by an army funded by our tax dollars that big news you're unable to cover and you're calling yourself a media network a news network if you're not Palestinian right you think this doesn't necessarily affect you or affect how these people think of you or affect how these people react if you were in the same position. I think what you should remember here is that if it comes to a point where it's no longer where where it's no longer trendy or where there is a huge risk involved for these people to talk about your humanity while you're being killed, this is probably how they would react. The other thing is this this tragedy and my frustration for the Biden administration in this moment has given me and a lot of us <laughs> the permission structure to finally say the shit that we're seeing in Biden. Well, now that we know that there's nothing free left to be saved that is not white. Let's be real and talk about this. That nigga is old and fine. Have you watched him? If there's anyone who has looked at Biden talk and said, yeah, this man is perfectly fine, he's perfectly okay, then you need to check your brain. You need to check your eyes and your fucking ears. Donald Trump, we have at 46%, Biden, 44 And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. Mm. 
36 positive on both, and actually Biden one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. And we talked about younger voters on foreign policy, and it's true on a host of other topics. Disaffected with Joe Biden, we have 46% for Trump, 42% for Biden among the youngest voters. The youngest voters in the 2020 election were Biden plus 26. This could be a massive sea change.